0: Can you go even deeper than just legit versus belting, ingenue versus broad? Like what kind of an ingenue is this role that you're auditioning for? Welcome to Studying the Song, a podcast to help musical theater actors figure out what to sing and how to sing it so that you shine in your audition, one woman show, or leading role. My friends, talent and passion are only the beginning. I believe there is freedom in preparation. I believe that when you put in the work, practice the skills and do the research, something amazing happens. You become so prepared in your craft that you become unstoppable. In this podcast, I want to give you the tools and skills to create a powerful audition book that showcases your artistry and actually gets you work. I want you to feel totally at home reading the musical score of a show, and I want to help you define your unique artistic voice. Consider me your own personal vocal coach in your earbuds, cheering you on and bringing you the reality checks you need along the way. I'm Corey Yamaoka, and I'm so excited to be walking this journey with you. Let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome back to Studying the Song. Today I want to talk about what makes a great audition song. As a musical theater singer, you are constantly in the process of auditioning for work and putting yourself in front of creatives. Um, You're looking at audition notices and looking at what they're asking you to bring for the music portion of the audition. And even though like many of them are very specific about what you should bring, like 16 bars from musical theater post 1960 or 80s pop song, not from a theater show you can still be left wondering what the best song choice is that fits that description. And like if you don't have something exactly like that in your book, which one from your book should you pick? It's at this point that I usually end up working with the singer. They've got their specific audition coming up and they either want me to help them select from their audition book, which is the best option, or to help them select a new song, for this audition and you know I say don't do that unless you really have some time to work on the piece but that's a separate conversation Um, as I'm scanning somebody's audition book and listening to them sing through their cuts I have a list of things that I'm listening for a list of things that I think make a good audition song and a good song for the specific show that they're going out for so today I thought I would let you in on that list of things these are my own opinion, but I'm sure you will hear many things that you've heard from other vocal coaches and masterclasses that you've attended as well. And in my opinion, you want to get as many of these traits in your audition song as possible. You know, you can't get all of them, but many of them would be fantastic. So here we go. What makes a great audition song? What are the people behind the table looking for? Well, you've got to remember, the overarching goal of your audition is to show them that you can perform the role. Your audition song is the main way that you're going to do that. Now, you will also have your resume, which will give you credentials. Um, You're communicating with the casting director via email, so that's showing your responsibility level. Your presence in the audition room is giving them a sense of who you are and how you would be to work with, but your song will really do the heavy lifting when it comes to helping them envision you in the show. So to do that, you've really got to do your homework first. You've got to listen to the entire score. You need to read the script if you can get access to it. And then you've got to analyze your character and their journey. Then you'll be able to find the song that fits all of those things, the music, the story, the character's development. Yeah. And hopefully your song will hit the things on this list that I'm about to give you. So here is the list of traits that I think make a great audition song. Number one, you want to find a song that has a similar musical style. Now I know that is not groundbreaking, <laughs> but you would be surprised how many people don't really think about that. They're thinking about their vocal performance maybe more than the music. So if they say pop rock, give them a pop rock song or golden age, give them golden age. But know that not all pop or golden age pieces are created equal. You wanna do that extra homework so that you know which kind of rock or golden age song will fit the show. So if it was a rock show, you would say, is this an 80s bubblegum pop show, like The Wedding Singer? Or is this a moody folk rock show from the 2000s, like Spring Awakening? And many audition notices, like I said, are getting much more specific. So they would say something like Motown or 80s hairband instead of just pop rock. If they're generous and they give you that, then make sure you deliver that style. If they're more general in what they say, then you need to... Do the best you can listening to the score and deciphering what styles you think are embodied in that score. Number two, the second secret of a great audition song is that you want a song that is sung by a similar character type to the one that you're auditioning for. And you might be thinking, okay, so an ingenue song or a legit song from Golden Age. And yes, but can you go even deeper than just legit versus belting, ingenue versus broad. Like what kind of an ingenue is this role that you're auditioning for? Um, Let's say it's a golden age situation. Is the ingenue like a traditional feminine, romantic golden age ingenue, like Amalia in She Loves Me or Maria in West Side Story? Um, Those are both legit roles, by the way, sopranos. Um, Or is she more of like an independent spirit that doesn't fit traditional perceptions of femininity like Annie in Annie Get Your Gun or Babe in The Pajama Game? And both of those roles require legit singing. Um, But they've also been performed with more belting kind of worked into them. So vocally, that's something to watch out for. But you see that there are different kinds of ingenues, even within that time period of the golden age, which is like 1943 to 1968, I would say. If you're auditioning for a contemporary ingenue, that like totally changes the game. This is like most of the, the ingenues today are belters. So you might need something for like, a plucky kind of likable belter ingenue like Millie in Thoroughly Modern Millie or Charity in Sweet Charity. Charity is like technically still golden age, but it's more on the contemporary side. It's into the 60s. You may need um like a sexy belter ingenue like Roxy in Chicago or Queenie in The Wild Party. Like they're still the love interest ingenue that you're following on the journey, but they're also, they have this like sexual sensual side to their performance that you would not do if you were going to be like Lori in Oklahoma. Okay. Or you might need an angsty belter ingenue. So that would be someone like Kathy from the last five years or Wednesday from the Adams family. Like find the song that is sung by a similar kind of character your job is to really make them see you in this role, right? So find a similar role. That's what I'm saying. Okay. I'm beating a dead horse. Here we go. Number three trait of a great audition song. Find a similar emotional moment. Okay. So look at the character that you're auditioning for and look at their main songs. There's usually like one in the beginning and a few like I don't know, three quarters of the way, it's usually like starts to get more emotional and things are going wrong. Right. So (laughs) there is like the falling in love song or the overcoming obstacles song or the, I'm, you know, I just lost everything song. What is the song in the show that sort of is the most known for, or the one that you want to really, um, show them you can perform. Okay and find a similar moment in another show and sing that song. So here's an example. In Wicked, when Elphaba sings Defying Gravity, she is picking herself up. That's her emotional moment, right? She's shouting to the rooftops that no one can keep her down anymore. So you wanna find a song that has that similar feeling that another woman is doing the same thing. So if you look at Little Women, Jo March sings a similar emotional moment in the song, Astonishing. And she says she's allowing herself to, well, she didn't say this, but this is the idea, allowing herself to soar beyond everyone's expectations. Like she's going to blow them out of the water with how amazing she is. They just don't know it, even though she knows it about herself. So that is a similar thing to Defying Gravity. Those would be great audition songs for each other when you find that similar emotional moment you're really helping the folks behind the table like envision you in that part of the show and they know like ah oh, this person can carry that big dramatic thing that we need to have happen yeah okay number 4 a similar musical energy okay this is kind of similar to number 3 cuz if you're in a similar emotional moment usually the most the mosaic the music will be similar as well Um, let me break it down a little bit. If you look at that big song from the role that you're auditioning for, let's say, you know, it could be an up-tempo angsty song with a driving piano, or it might be an introspective ballad that has lots of space in the accompaniment. So the singer can like move at her own pace, whatever it is, try to find that similar vibe in your audition piece. So let's revisit Defiant Gravity and Astonishing the climax of both of those songs features driving accompaniment and by driving i mean eighth notes dun 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 dun, dun, dun right or sixteenth notes da 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 da, de, da 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 and it really is like marching you forward insisting you forward and that makes sense because those moments are these these women like rising above all of the conflict and making a way for themselves and how you do that in music is by having eighth notes and sixteenth notes Marching. Okay. (laughs) Um, So the music ends up becoming expansive and triumphant as they continue singing. And that is them overcoming the obstacle and letting go and flying or being astonishing. So even though you might be thinking, but Corey, Wicked has like drums and electric guitars and And Little Women is like orchestral and it's a period show and they're all like dressed in the old timey hoop skirts and all that. Well, yes, but the musical energy is similar. So it doesn't have to be exactly the same kind of instrumentation, but if the similar emotions of the music are there, the similar musical, um, what do you call those? Like similar musical conventions, right? Like the pulsing eighth notes and the running 16th notes are being used, whether it's on a guitar or on a piano or on a cello, that vibe is still going to be there. Okay. Number five, y'all, I say this one with love. You want to show range, but you don't want to belt your face off for the entire audition song. It's like, When somebody writes in all caps all the time and you're like, okay, stop yelling in your text message, right? The auditors have a lot of singers to listen to. They don't want to be shouted at all day. So you might need to show that you can belt XYZ notes and that's fine. Show those, but it doesn't have to be the entire portion of your audition cut. Try to find ways to cut things together so you can show other elements of range. So that might be starting off in a lower range, maybe it's part of the verse that you're starting at that's lower in your voice, um, and then it gets higher and beltier. It could be that you're showing an intimate moment, telling that part of the story, and then it gets more dynamic and exclamatory and outward. Um, it could be serious, and then you show something that is is funny. That you're, that you're able to see humor in the moment. You can use legit and belting in your piece. Definitely try to show both of those colors if there's any way possible. You know, show us the emotion of being, you know, uncertain whether you're going to achieve it and then being determined and then knowing you are, you know, like all of those things. There's acting range and there's vocal colors. Those are all different things you want to try. If you're doing pop music, like Don't just show me your lined up musical theater voice for the whole song. Like, show me that you've got some vocal fry. Like, uh, I'm talking in vocal fry a lot right now. Um, Not the best habit, Corey. Um, Show me your um, pop scoops. Show me a whine or a cry release or a breath release or anything like that so that you've got more vocal colors. And you're saying, look, here's the palette of options I have that I'm going to be able to apply to the score when you hire me. that's what we want. Okay, number six. Number six is be inventive. Now, this may not be every single audition song in your book, but it can pay off to have one or two kind of creative takes for your audition song. And this is going to like set you apart from everybody that comes in with On My Own and Forget About the Boy. Be inventive. Is there a way you can put a new twist on an old song? Can you gender bend the song and sing a song that's usually sung by the opposite sex? Could you sing instead of a serious song as a serious song? Could you perform it comedically for a comedic role situation? Or could you even go in and change the music, like change the rhythmic groove of something from a straight ahead musical theater piece to make it into like a dancey Latin piece. You'd have to do some work with an accompanist to make sure that it's all clearly marked for your audition, but that could be a cool option. So when you do this, you're gonna perk up the ears of the auditors and you're gonna get them listening to a song that they have probably heard a bunch of times, but listening in a new way. And it's not going to be that predictable repertoire that they've heard before. It's gonna stand out as this unexpected sort of little surprise. Like, oh, what an interesting thing. I haven't heard it like that. Now your song should still fit the other criteria of the good audition songs. So like an emotional moment, musical energy, all that. But there are ways to morph songs into that if you need to, is what I'm trying to say. Um here are two examples that I think are great. I once saw an actor transform Whitney Houston's I Want to Dance with Somebody by singing it as a gay man looking for a dance partner at a club, but nobody wanted to dance with him because he was kind of like playing the nerdy, quirky guy. It was hilarious, and I still remember the performance to this day. (laughs) Another actor uh, I recently worked with singing Unusual Way from Nine, which is usually sung by a female, um, but singing it well, as a man, one, but changing the perspective. And it is, his take was that it was a man mourning his wife who had died and singing about how loving her had changed him um, for the better, but in an unexpected or unusual way. Like, wow, that is so neat. When he told me that that was his choice, I was like, I wouldn't have thought about that, but what a great idea. And it works perfectly. And then it sounded great in his range. And with his vibe and everything. So it was a really good fit. So dare to be inventive. It might pay off. Like it might be a really great cut that you can keep in your book and is just that one that you pull out when you want to do something a little bit more outside the box for the um, creative team. All right. Number seven on the list of things that make a good audition song, easy accompaniment. Now I know that if you are in any of like the big metropolitan areas And you're auditioning at like regional theaters or obviously Broadway, um, you know, you're going to have amazing accompanists and you should be able to put anything in front of them and they'll be fine. But maybe think about it from the accompanist's point of view that, you know, they're reading sight reading songs for hours on end. They may know the rep, but it's like different cuts each time and maybe different publications. So they look a little different. They're receiving instructions from singers all day about what the cut is. Sometimes they're marked, sometimes not. Um, And they're trying to perform as musically as they can for you. So don't make things more difficult by putting down a page of continuous 16th notes with a thousand key changes or sheet music that has pencil marks all over the place incorrect lyrics for what verse they're singing and three different highlighter colors. Like keep it simple, keep it clean and, you know, if you're going to audition for a show that is Sondheim or Jason Robert Brown or a particular um maybe like rock genre or something like that, like they'll have an accompanist that is ready and familiar with that rep. But still think about what you're giving them and give it to them in the cleanest, clearest best copy, you know, printout version that you can give it to them. Have compassion, have empathy, and that is going to go such a long way with getting a wonderful performance from the pianist so that you can sound amazing on your song. All right. Secret number eight of a, it's not really a secret. I keep saying secret, but it's just trait of a great audition song is that you can reliably sing it under duress. And by duress, I mean like anything and everything that might throw you off your game. So that could be like you have super short notice for the auditions. You don't have a long time to prepare. You might have a cold. You might be really nervous because this is like a big opportunity for someone you've been wanting to get in front of. Um, You might just be really crazed because you were sitting in traffic on the 405 and like feeling like I'm never going to make it in time. So you don't want to have any question in your mind about whether you're going to be able to deliver the song. So whatever situation arises, you know, you can still hit those high notes. You're going to remember all the words, etc. cetera. So part of that is practicing and preparation. But the other part is just like knowing yourself. Can you predictably and reliably belt that D at the end of your song, ladies? Or for guys, like, are you going to get that G out? if you're under duress, if you're cold or you're nervous, not you're cold, if you have a cold or you're nervous or you're late and so you're in a, you know, you're all frazzled, if not, then maybe that's not the right song to make your audition song. Like maybe it's gorgeous in the rehearsal room with your coach, but when nerves hit or, you know, you're under the weather, the gorgeousness goes away and it's like 50 50 whether you're going to get it out. I would say, don't put that song in your book. Like there's no shame in selecting repertoire that is comfortably within your range. If they want to hear you sing higher, they'll, maybe they'll vocalize you on some scales or they'll have you sing another selection, or maybe they'll just be enticed by your like delicious and comfortable sounding belt and they'll invite you to callbacks. And that's really what you want, right? So a reliable performance by you make sure that you can do that with your song. Alrighty. Number nine, you guys, this is so silly and it's so easy. Make sure your audition doesn't have long interludes or bars of rest. You want to be singing during your audition, not waiting to sing. And I know like you can meaningfully like act during the rests and the interludes, but you can act while you're singing. So there's no need to just feature acting during rests as its own thing in an audition. Like you have a finite amount of time to show your abilities, your range, your vocal colors, and you want to spend those 16 to 32 bars singing with your voice, not, you know, staring into middle distance, like working up a tear. So, you know, I, I've come across this a lot. Like I'll find a song where I'm like, oh, that's the right groove, it's the right feel, it's the right energy. But it's one of those things where they go like da 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 dee, da, dee, ba, bah, da da, da de, de, ba, de. and there's like these rests in between the phrases. And you're like, well, maybe that's not the best choice for an audition song, even though it fits all these other things. Now, if that's only for two phrases and then it goes into something else where you're singing a lot more, okay, that's a choice you can make but um, just be aware of the songs that are phrased that way, where there's a lot of space between each phrase. All right. Number 10, this is the last one. You know, I can't say enough about being positive. That's number 10. Being positive is a, is a trait of a great audition song. Again, the auditors are listening to people all day, And people, singers, I love you. I do this too. You know, we're often drawn to those like emotionally dark or brooding or angry or depressing pieces because there's just like so much depth in the acting that we can do. But you know, like a whole day of that can get a little depressing. So you could choose to be the person that comes in with something uplifting and fun and positive and light of course, it has to fit the show and be appropriate for the character. But if you can make that choice and it makes sense, why not do that? Like come in with something that just makes them want to move in their seat, something that puts a smile on their face. This is especially true when it comes to pop rock songs. Like if you can't, like I want to dance with somebody, you can't sit still in your chair when you hear that song. Like it makes you want to just like move your shoulders and bob your head. And you think about like, oh, I love that song when I'm with my girlfriends, like we're blah, 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 blah. You like have a whole story attached to it. That's what you want. You want the people behind the table, like feeling something when you're singing it to them. And they'll feel like if you're giving them the dark brooding, you know, depths of despair as well, that will move them. Um, but you know, maybe being positive could be something that you add to your book. Like you've got, five that are the depths of despair, and you've got five that are really positive. Something like that. Okay. To sum up, do your homework on the role and the score. Then be mindful of those people in the audition room that you are trying to get them to envision you in the show. And you're going to do that by singing a song that is in a similar music style, sung by a similar character, shows the emotional moment of that character with the same musical energy in the accompaniment. You're going to show a range of vocal colors and acting beats. You may choose to be inventive on this piece. It'll have clear accompaniment for the pianist. You can reliably sing it anytime you need to. It does not have long interludes or bars of rest, and it might just be that positive, upbeat song that puts a smile on the auditor's faces. So there's my list folks, like that's what I'm doing. When you are working with me, I'm going through that list all the time and thinking, is this the song that combines all these things? And you may do this naturally. I feel like a lot of people kind of get a sense like, oh, these two songs sound similar, so I will do them. But to really know why they're sounding similar is very helpful. Like, oh, it is sung by a similar kind of a similar kind of person or personality with this kind of a voice and the piano's doing this. Ah, that makes sense. So I just wanted to demystify this a little bit and help you to be able to do this work before you even get to your vocal coach so that you come in with really great material and you guys can just select, oh yeah, it's this and it's this one and now let's actually you know, work on the singing of it, which is the most important thing, right? The singing and the acting of it, of course. That is it for today. If you found today's episode helpful, share it with a friend, send them the link, put it on Instagram, leave a review. All of those things are incredibly helpful with just getting the word out about this show. I do this because I love teaching, I love encouraging singers, and I love, most of all, I love helping artists figure out who they are, that you have this magical set of skills and experiences and talents and passions that makes you completely unique compared to every other performer. So I feel like that's a message we could all use as artists. I know I can use it as an artist and I have the people that I listen to that feed me in that way. So if that's something that you're getting out of this podcast, share it with a friend so that they can get it too. Um, That's it. Until next time, be well, be blessed. I will see you next time on Studying the Song.